Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Join Bloomberg in San Francisco or virtually on May 7th for The Future Investor, Data-Powered Transformations. This 2024 event series will examine how data is not only playing a pivotal role in investment decisions, but serves as a driving force behind the construction of innovative, investable enterprises. This series is proudly sponsored by Invesco QQQ. Register at BloombergLive.com slash futureinvestor slash radio. Let's get to Marvin Lowe, Senior Global Macro Strategist at State Street. Marvin, the bond market has been discounting deep trouble ahead for the U.S. economy. Why else would the yield on the 10-year go from 350 to 250? Uh, but we got some data today, and it's only one report, that, that more or less suggests that it's the stock market that's correct, that there will be a soft landing. So you had the ISM uh, services come in at 56.7, yet the prices paid was down. So that suggests that the Fed sort of gets it right. The economy stays firm. Inflation falls, and we can go long stocks. Um, I'm interested in your thoughts on this subject. That sounds wonderful, doesn't it? I mean, it really is a, a wonderfully packaged story. You know, I, I ultimately think that we have to, um, um, you know, always remember what got us in the situation. And it was a situation where ultimately demand was too hot, the labor markets are too hot, um, and really kind of segging from, from an environment where, um, good news is bad to one where good news is good as well as bad news is good. Um, you know, you have to think through that and, and really, um, really consider your conviction in kind of going down that route. Ultimately, when you have services that um, continues to outperform in an economy uh, as reliant on services as the U.S., do you actually get on top of inflation? And I think that's the message that we were hearing, or at least the concerns that we were hearing from all of the FOMC members recently that, um, you know, we got a long way to go. And some of the main things that they're looking at with regard to inflation, with regard to the jobs market, still hasn't shown any signs of moving in the direction that they wanted to move at. Mm. So what's your conviction then of what we see in September, whether it's 50 or 75 basis points when traders seem to be backing away from speculation that the Fed is going to ease up here? Yeah, I mean, I still think I still think 50 uh, makes sense. Um, you know, the market certainly got behind the view that the Fed was um, nearer to the end of this hike of this hiking cycle than 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 where it was even you know just three four months ago, and that's ultimately true. Um, I think it is time to to um, downshift a little bit and take um, uh, take take a, take some time to look at what these um, hikes are doing to the economy, but at yes. the same time. The, the fact that we go 50 and 25 doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to result in um, rate cuts anytime soon. Yeah, because we've had 225 basis points of, of, of hikes, and it takes a while for that to be, you know, having an impact. Uh, how much of that do you think we've already discounted? It depends, I guess, whether you think it's three months or nine months in the lag. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is a function of what the asset classes are saying, right? Um, I think equities have discounted a lot of that, and, and they're, you know, they've gotten comfortable that um, we're able to, to get to a point where inflation is going to start to respond, and we really haven't um, pushed the economy um, over the hill into, into a fairly uh, rapid descent. I don't necessarily think we're there yet. I still think that we have uh, time. Um, uh, we still need time to see 
just how how aggressively things are tightening. Yeah. Ultimately- uh, we're looking at crude oil holding around $91 a barrel, that OPEC plus meeting ending with just a modest increase in supply. We're asking today whether you think crude oil has peaked for this cycle. Um, you know what? I think as long as the war um, is continuing, there's always a risk that, that certainly – uh, we could we could see um, uh, a surge in it already. Uh, you know, ultimately we've seen how volatile it is, and you know I think the war is the underlying driver for a lot of this. And certainly some of the demand destruction recently has helped, but um, that underlying um, current is is one that keeps us uh, somewhat uh, defensive on it. So we have oil down and the dollar down and yields down. So obviously that's telling something of a story. I was just having a look at at, uh, high-yield credit, and it's really rebounded very dramatically here uh, since June. Um, What's that story? Yeah, you know, I mean, it's 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 very much in the same uh, risk-on vein. Um, You know, ultimately the strong rally in stocks um, has – you know, resulted in, in a lot of compression in some of the assets that uh, were a little bit were um, uh, the weakest over the over the course of the first half of this year. I think the challenge is that like, when we ask ourselves, you know, what's the chance of a recession, and are we pricing that in? High yield isn't necessarily pricing in a recession in my mind. Um, it certainly is higher from a spread perspective than where it was in the beginning of the year, but relative to how it uh, potentially trades around a growth slowdowns, there, there's still a lot of um, potential upside to spreads from that, from that view. I wanted to ask your thoughts on tech because we've seen the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index uh, gain around 16% since the end of June, but Asian chip giants falling quite behind that rally. We know there's a lot of concerns here, and, and Nancy Pelosi's trip to, to Taiwan this week was also in focus for those chip makers. Do we continue to see this kind of divergence, and, and what does the US-China tensions tell us about, I guess, some of the problems that we could see for some of these Asian chip makers? Yeah, you know, I, I look at technology from the perspective of um, kind of the, the more stable growth technology companies versus those that are maybe more chip-focused. And certainly we're seeing that divergence uh, given where some of the larger um, uh, balance sheet-rich companies have been able to perform well, whereas the other ones remain challenged. And, and I think ultimately, as we kind of get into this slower demand profile, you do wind up, you do wind up with kind of pressure on uh, chip manufacturers and, and uh, those types of firms relative to the other ones, which seem to have held up fairly well even through the earnings season. Yeah, I, I guess if we put all of these points together, um, one of the things that I'd be curious about, Marvin, is is the, the terminal rate, because we can kind of suggest that the bond market is expecting the Fed to go further than what the, the stock market thinks. Um, Bloomberg Economics thinks the terminal rate is 5%. That seems kind of high. We're on, only at um, two and a quarter now. Uh, where do you see the Fed finally, you know, sort of, Hanging up, uh, you know, hanging up his six shooter. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think Bullard has um, has it within the ballpark. You know, somewhere in that three and a half to four percent range. Uh, we've seen the economy slow down already. To get to five percent, I think we would create um, a much more significant slowdown that that we might not be able to handle. Um, but until we actually get signs that inflation and jobs are starting to behave, I think I think they continue to march forward. And you know, we do have rate hikes going into the middle of next year. Uh, whereas the market, for the most part, views a lot of these rate hikes ending by the end of this year. And therefore, just very quickly, we still continue to see dollar strength? Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, so you know, we, we, we've had a little bit of a dollar down, downdraft recently, but when you kind of look at the move in rates, um, the dollar really hasn't moved that much. So I do think that you do have kind of support for the dollar, um, particularly if volatility comes back as we get into the fall. All right, Marvin, great to have you with us. As always, Marvin Lowe is Senior Global Macro Strategist at State Street on the line from Boston for us here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.